What is up? Welcome back to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I believe we're on episode seven. It has been a fun, wild ride, this podcast. Um, as you know, I am your host, business manager, Joseph Acosta, with a new look today. I got the Twitch streamer headphones. It's kind of, you know, it lights up, so it looks kind of cool. I'm joined by sports editor Richard Pereira and photo editor Eston Parker. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Eston, how you feeling? How you feeling? Hanging in. Right, hanging, hanging in. Hanging in. That's the most we can do with the end of the semester coming up. We just getting by. But we're going to start off. Actually, we'll start off with FAU soccer, you know, because you normally don't start off with soccer. We start off with baseball. We're going to start off with soccer this episode. So the FAU men's soccer team on Saturday, they played number 14 Charlotte. Unfortunately, that ended in a 0-1 loss. And then the FAU women's soccer team on April 9th defeated that team down south, 3-0. And then the Conference USA Championship, they faced Southern Miss in the quarterfinals and lost 2-1. So, guys, kind of give me your reaction. We'll start off with the men's soccer game against number 14, Charlotte. What are your instant reactions to that game? You know, Charlotte is 14th ranked team in the country. It was a steep battle going in, but... Some of these scores to these games, like, you know, Marshall was 13 and we only lost 0-1. We played Charlotte and we lost 0-1. So these closest losses have to mean something, right? I, I have to agree with that. While, our, while the men's performance against Charlotte was better than it was against Marshall, especially on the offensive end, it was just difficult because Marshall's defense was very good, like, they did everything they could to limit FEU's actual creativity on the offensive end, like creating potential opportunities to score goals. FEU only had two shots on target compared to Charlotte's three. And coincidentally, that extra shot Charlotte had over FEU, it went in. So it was, it's a, it was just a tough break for FEU. So their last yeah. game is against AB, and hopefully they end the season on a good note. Yeah, it always seems like FAU is coming out on the wrong side of these one-shot games. Um, Eston, as the season comes to a close for the men's soccer team, what do you think you're, what are you going to take away from this season on what FAU has done the best? I'd say defensively, they've done a very good job this season, and we've talked about that before on the previous podcasts. Um, and also – if I'm one of the, if I'm a coach for FAU for the men's team, I'm I'm thinking, you know, you came you came close to beating Charlotte, and didn't have the best obviously didn't have the best outing against Marshall, but you only lost one nil. I mean, there's there's a ton of encouraging signs moving forward, and I think it, I think next season can be really exciting because if I, I feel if there were maybe four or five more games in this season you really start you'd really see this team start to click so i'm i'm looking forward to next season that's for sure and this last game of course on saturday of course got last game against uab that's going to be at home richard or that can be at uab home game i'll that's be there gonna be at, that's going to be at home you want to follow richard at rich26 pereira on twitter yep you're going to want to follow him there he's going to be updating you with the score highlights from the game if you want to know about FAU soccer, that is the guy you need to know. That's the plug for FAU <laughs> soccer. 
Now we go to the FAU women's soccer team. Before the tournament started, we had four owls on the FAU women's soccer team actually earn all Conference USA honors. Midfielder G. Kerstek, I hope I'm not pronouncing her name right, uh, incorrect. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Midfielder Kerstek mid, is midf- he's a midfielder, was a member of the all Conference USA first team. Forward Miracle Porter and defender Amanda Martin were named to the second team and Sammy Vitals was voted third team at midfield. Goalkeeper Emmett Cohen was named to the all-freshman team. So that makes five Owls who were named to the all-conference teams, both freshmen and regular all-conference USA. This team was one of the best in Conference USA, and Conference USA recognized them for their talents. Going into this game, you kind of had the feeling that FAU would make make a deep run in this tournament. Unfortunately, it ended at the hands of Southern Mississippi, two to one Richard what were your reactions to that game it was it was surprising and and not in a good way um we conceded a goal early but really it was just unlucky because Emma Cohen was doing a great job at keeping Southern Miss from scoring and then after 40 minutes a goal by Southern Miss slipped past her hands and into the net she tried getting it but it it was too late and then the second goal, which was a great goal by Southern Miss, it was a pass from across the pitch and to the player who smashed it past Cohen into the net. It was just a good goal by Southern Miss and all credit to them. FAU was able to get a goal back by a brilliant delivery from Hunter Coziera to Thelma, to Mia Senes, who d- executed the goal perfectly. FAU tried their best to find that equalizer, but it just wasn't enough. And we saw that frustration boil over when a little altercation happened in yeah, the a fracas, and a brouhaha. Let me describe what happened. Uh, so, Miracle Porter was trying to get the ball, but she got a, she got fouled hard by one of their by Southern Miss's defender Macy Pennington. And after that, they got up in each other's faces and well, started shoving each other. And it further escalated into a punching match. <laughs> it, it was just. <laughs> so we had a rumble at Rice Stadium. Yeah. A brouhaha. It, yeah. A fracas. And a hullabaloo. Course, a throwdown. The ref had to throw down. But man, that you could a see that soccer showdown over. Frustration boiled over in the game. Yeah. Frustration wasn't enough to help. FU be motivated to get that equalizer and it resulted in their early exit. Yeah, and it was definitely early, early disappointing, you know. I feel like that's mm-hmm. been kind of the theme for FAU sports this season and postseason. It's kind of been a little disappointing with FAU football getting blown out by Memphis. Then FAU, both FAU basketball teams losing early in the tournament. And now FAU women's soccer falling in the first round quarterfinals of Southern Miss. And really, it just seemed like Southern Miss was the better team for most of the game. And they needed a late push, but they couldn't get it because Southern Miss defense was just that good. You know, it took until like the 67th minute for FAU to finally break through. So much credit to Southern Miss. But Esten, what are you going to take away from this FAU women's soccer season? Um, besides, as we've mentioned, the disappointing end to it, 
similar to the men's team. I think that there's been a lot of encouraging signs this season. This is, again, um, looking to be an exciting time to be an FAU women's soccer fan. I'm I'm really excited to see how they do next year, especially with someone like um, – I'm sorry, her name is escaping me. The Ar- Ar- goalie, the uh, um, goalie. Emmett Cohen. Emmett Cohen, thank you. Like, you know, having a position like goalie or at the – excuse me, having the goalie position be a strong position is, it's, it's a good thing to have. Um, and there's a lot of returning players. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how they do next season. Cause I, I think after this type of loss, I have a feeling that they're not going to let this slip up again um, next season. So yeah, I'm a very good season and a good step forward. So yeah, we kind of expect them to make a deep run in the tournament with our preseason expectations. But, you know, this is a solid season for an FAU women's soccer team that had some questions going in. But we saw five Owls make the All-Conference USA team. We saw a player make first team All-Conference USA. Two players make second team. We had a freshman make all freshmen. So there are definitely positive signs to take into the offseason, and I won't be surprised if FAU goes even deeper in the tournament next year. But that'll end it for the FAU soccer portion. We're going to move on to FAU baseball. And uh, you know how we said last episode not to panic? I'm starting to feel a little bit. I'm, I'm inching a little closer to the panic button right now. If you didn't know, FAU baseball lost three out of four to Old Dominion by the scores of seven to two, three to 10, two to eight, and finally getting a 4-0 victory on Sunday, April 11th. They got another four-game stretch at UAB, which is going to be a tough one. Two games are going to be played with a DH. But Richard, some of these scores, two to seven, three to 10, two to eight, the defense has got to be better. Yeah, and I agree. Well, Credit to Old Dominion. It looks like they're having a fantastic start to the season as well as conference play. They have one of the best records in the conference. So it was pretty clear that they were the better team in this series. But FAU has to wake up. And hopefully with that win on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, in the 4-0 victory, hopefully that wakes them up. And it better wake them up fast. Yeah, Eston, um it's really difficult to kind of take positives from a series where you lost three out of four, but where would you go if you're looking for positives? Um, BJ Murray, Nolan Chaniel continue to be the bright spots for this team. Um, and BJ Murray to me, especially is it, he's more of a well-rounded player compared to Chaniel. Um on the defensive end. I think BJ Murray's maybe, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I believe based off of what I've watched, he's only made one error all season. Um, and also the one thing I've noticed um, when it comes to the pitching is the starters have done for the most part, they've done well, but one consistent thing I've been seeing is for let's say six or seven, hell, maybe even eight innings, they're throwing well, maybe allowing a run or two, but there always seems to be one inning in particular where the opposing team just dominates, just blows up the scoreboard. I mean, against, um, against ODU this weekend, they, 
there was one inning. I think it was it was the first game on Saturday where I believe all of their runs came in the sixth inning off a 10 run inning. Like you can't you, you can't be allowing a 10 run inning or seven run inning a game. That's that's yep, unacceptable. That was the sixth inning of the second game. Seven um, out of they had seven runs in the sixth inning. And more credit to Old Dominion, who's twenty three and five and nine and one at Conference USA. Like they, they're uh, 11, really good. eleven and one, eleven and one away too. They're we actually they are did road give warriors. Them the first loss. They are yeah. they are road warriors. Shout out to Hawk and Animal WWF. They are road warriors, Legion of Doom. And the thing that kind of shocks me and kind of is a disappointing thing to take away from this series is. In the four games that FAU played Old Dominion, they gave up 12 hits, eight hits, nine hits, four hits. Of course, the four hits was the 4-0 victory, but 12, eight, and nine in three straight games, the pitching has got to be better. We talked about it a little bit. They had a seven-run inning. The first game of the series, Old Dominion put up five runs in the eighth inning. Then... In the two to eight, in the eight to two victory Old Dominion had, they had six runs in the third inning. So it's really those runs where FAU just can't recover, but it starts with the pitching. You got to keep points off the board at the end of the day. That was kind of one of the weaker spots when FAU was on that huge run where they were ranked and they were beating Miami and they were beating Florida. We said the bats are going to show up but it's up to the pitching to kind of keep it in play. All I have to, all I have to do is steer the boat. They don't, they don't have to make any conscious, like, hard turns or anything. The bats will do that. All they got to do is keep it steady. And we haven't seen that so far, but they got another series coming up against UAB at UAB, and then they have a – wow. <laughs> they have a five-game set – or. They have a six-game set uh, at the team down south and then at home against the team down south. And then they'll finish up the season on May 18th at Miami again. So I think there's a very good chance FAU finishes with a winning record considering they're playing FIU, they're playing West Kentucky, Southern Miss, then Miami. But for that to happen, the pitching has to show up. But that's going to do it for our FAU sports portion of the show. We're going to move on into the NBA. And guys, I've been wanting to talk about this since it happened. I was telling Richard in our group, me, I was telling Esten, man, did y'all see that Miles Bridges dunk on Clint Capella? Dude, the, I was watching it on Twitter. And I saw him go back, and I'm like, oh, no. And then, boom, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, I was like, I audibly yelled seeing that dunk. And I want to ask you guys, because this conversation come up, and I think Miles Bridges should be in the conversation. Who is the best in-game dunker in the NBA right now? Mm. Uh, Esten, I'm going to start with you this time. Oh, um, was it Anthony Edwards that made 
the even crazier dunk earlier yep, in the year the where we the business decision. Yeah. The business decision. The, see, off the top of my head, I got to put Anthony Edwards. Um, who's the who's the dude that was with Miami? Derek for a bit, Jones and then Jr. he's. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's Portland. He's definitely got to be up there. And um, if if Aaron Gordon usually wasn't someone that just dunked really well at the altar during all-star weekend I would put him on there but um in game also I mean now we got to put Miles Bridges on this list it's like absolutely come on that was insane even before those those are my three guys even before this dunk he had a couple crazy ones we're just like yo this dude is jumping out the gym but my thing with the business decision for this dunk is Clint Capella can't make that business decision he has to jump because he is, he's known for blocking shots. Like the whole thing with Yudawan and Nabi, he isn't known for anything now except getting yammed on. Quick Capella is known for blocking shots and blocking dunks. So he has to do that. This is like big on big. But he got boomed on. And honestly, I don't hate it. That's the right decision for him to make. But that doesn't mean all you other suckers out there can't, can't go up and dunk or try and get dunked on. Make the business decision, please. I beg you, so you won't end up on a t-shirt. Richard, who are some of the best in-game dunkers to you right now? Right now, it's uh, between Miles Bridges and Anthony Edwards. I would put Jalen Brown in that conversation as well because he is very good at dunking in-game. He has some great highlights of himself dunking over people and all that stuff. But I, I got to give credit to Miles Bridges. That, that poster was nice. Yeah, that, that's a wallpaper shot. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing was watching Solomon Hill, heat legend Solomon Hill, watching his face as Miles Bridges went up. He was like, like, it was like, oh, no, this man's about to die. But my pick for best in-game dunker, I'm surprised y'all didn't mention him, Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is arguably the best in-game dunker in the league right now. Because the thing is, you can't try and like out physical him because he's an SUV with point guard athleticism. He's a tank. He is a yes. tank. He is, I think, uh, Rich is going to get this comparison. He's the, he's the colossal titan or the armor titan. He just moves people out the way. He's too, he's too big to be moving that fast. And the crazy thing is, he's like our age. <laughs> I, I actually have a friend who went to high school. I'm obviously from South Carolina. He went to school in upstate South Carolina for high school. I have a friend that made it onto one of his dunk compilations, and I've never seen a man so happy to get posterized in my life. Oh, no. He, I, I remember getting the text message. It's like, hey, man, go check out Zion's latest video. Like three minutes in, you just see him just – slam the ball down in this little five eight kid and <laughs> and, I, and I'm, I'm i'm like like running you like you didn't get, you didn't get, try to block him he he's like no i didn't want to get hurt but i still got posterized i'm like see okay no offense to your friend but that is a loser mentality dude <laughs> you gotta get out the way yeah imagine imagine going imagine leaving like six period civics to go get boomed on by zion williamson in front of all your friends and family and now it's social media you got twitter you got youtube and now it is immortalized forever and 
considering that he went to a private school too, the the competition he was up against in high school, oh, I, if I was a parent and I had to see my kid go up against Zion, I'd probably also just tell my kid, hey, man, good luck. See, what I would do, if I were to ever get dunked on like that, I would change schools. I'm changing my name. I'm I'm wearing a mask the whole time. I'm going to be out here looking like Rey Mysterio. I'm going to have a mask on at class every day. They don't know who I am. But, again, that is – that is an herb mentality. Do not, don't, don't do that. For all and my one la- don't do that. And one, and one last guy that I'm actually surprised all of us forgot to mention. LeBron. I mean, he, I mean, I, I feel I, like that's an obvious one. Yeah, I it didn't. It, it's he's uh, not okay. there. He is, okay. but I think also because he's 36 years old, we gotta like. We got to add in the little caveat that he is getting up there in age. So we're going to give it to the young guys. Mm-hmm. But the Miles Bridges dunk also brings up what is your candidate right now for dunk of the year? Because I was having this conversation with my dad and I'm like, I think Miles Bridges just beat out Anthony Edwards for dunk of the year. Because the thing about the Yuta Wananabe dunk was Yuta, like, he switched over late. So he kind of like, he wasn't expecting it. Clint Capella expected it, went up with all his might. This was like a clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. And he just boomed straight on him. But the Anthony Edwards dunk is just so good because he keeps going up. That's the thing. He could have gone higher. But Esther, what's your pick for dunk of the year? Ooh. I got to go with this Miles Bridges one based off of what you said. I mean, Clint Capella saw it coming. And then Clint Capella saw his career trajectory dip at the same time. (laughs) So I'm I'm, going to give it to Miles Bridges here. He has established himself as a premier dunker in the NBA. Richard, what's your pick? I would go with Miles Bridges as well. I mean, and the thing is, I don't even really feel bad for Clint Capella. I felt bad for you to want an obby a little bit. I don't feel bad for Clint Capella because, like, that's his job. Like, what is he known for? He's known for blocking shots. That's what he, that's what he does. Sometimes you just get got, and he got got. But you to want an obby, like, I don't know, man. You got you to do something. <laughs> but, um, what we're going to talk about next actually kind of just happened today. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to show, I'm going to send him the uh, picture. I'm going to send you the picture, Richard. But we have to talk about this Aaron Donald thing. So Aaron Donald is, is having charges for assault pressed against him uh, from some dude that he was that he beat up in a club. Now, uh, your first, allegedly, allegedly, now, allegedly. Now, your first question is, who would try to beat up Aaron Donald? If you've seen Aaron Donald, this man is a Super Saiyan. <laughs> Two, did you see what he did? You saw what he did to that man. He and now I. That's, again, now that's 
a business decision you have to be correct on. Otherwise, this happens. Oh make the God. business decision, please. I am begging you. Please make the business decision. Because if you don't, I swear, I think Aaron Donald only punched him once. He punched his eyebrows off. <laughs> Bro, like, imagine, like, how, imagine being that strong. Like, I'd just be lifting stuff for fun if I was that strong. I, I lift tables like I was Mr. Incredible. Aaron Donald's a different kind of buff. No. And the thing is, the thing is, you can't say that he's he's not ready to fight because he's been fighting his whole life. He's six feet, 280. It's not like he's going up against other six feet people in the NFL. He's going up against six, five, 330 plus dudes, and he out here just going off on them. Hold just on. using pure muscle to get by the O lineman. I mean, the, he, he's the type of lineman where you should put three guys on him. And they still won't be enough to guard him because Aaron Donald will literally punch his way through, and as saw, he's just proven. I saw some dude on Twitter say, nah, he moves too slow. I could take him in a fight. And all I got to say to you, man, is... The cap. Go, go get the cap. Go get the cap. Fight. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't a race. <laughs> Hold on. If we're talking about... If we're talking about fights, well, speed is important, but it's not the most important thing. It's about Have you seen how athletic he is? You don't have to be fast, fast. All you have to do is be strong. And Aaron Donald has that. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and, and we're talking about a fight. This is not a race. And, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the other guy, right, that got his – I'm not going to use the term I wanted to say, but he got his stuff <laughs> rocked. Let's put it that way. Yes. Jacked up. What is what is going through your mind when you're like challenging this guy? Like, how confident do you have to be to think, yeah, this dude looks like he can punch a hole through my wall. Yeah, I'm gonna pick a fight with him. <laughs> doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a great idea. Ooh, then this is, this is incredible. Um... <laughs> see. It's it's making me think about the uh, the the Oklahoma wide receiver that that got whooped in the bar. <laughs> See, that is an example of a football player that clearly has no combat training and See, does not know what they're doing in a fight. See, but the thing about that is, I'd rather get choked out than I would get knocked out. I'd rather just go to sleep instead of getting my eyelids shut. And getting the eyebrow smacked off me. I think he only did in one punch. I think he, I think Aaron Donald Saitama, he punched that man once and knocked the whole left side of his face off. Would would you take an Aaron Donald punch for five million dollars? Mm, absolutely not. Really? No. Really? You Yo, see how we're, much, we're, you we're see how much we can get the plastic surgery. We're you fine see how afterwards. Much, you see how much hospital bills cost now? Yeah, especially in America, <laughs> we are in America, dog. We we but not like, get we not seeing like we're probably only only gonna see a dollar of that five million. Okay, how about how about ten mil? How 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 high are we gonna go here to get punched by Aaron Donald in the face? Well, the thing is, um, let's see. 
You can get I a free I, nose job. Yeah, but I'd rather not need one in the first place. So <laughs> I like my face the way it is. I would say it'll take at least 10 mil. But okay. like for a UFC fighter or a boxer to punch me in the face, I wouldn't take any amount of money in the world. How am I going to use the money if I'm dead? Like imagine, so UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou is known for knocking people out brutally. I wouldn't take a punch from him if my life depended on it. If, and the thing, thing about this Aaron Donald thing is, so it apparently happened in a club and they like bumped into him and then some words were said. The thing about this is if you bump into Aaron Donald, if, or if I bump into Aaron Donald and he has a problem with it, I'm be like, my fault, bro. You got it. You got the right of way. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on my blinker and turn right. I'm I'm gone. You you got it, big dog. You, hey, you need you need a bottle? I drinks on me, man. I dude, you you need your car parked? I'll go be a valet. I I don't want to fight. That's the thing. I don't want to fight you. I just want to know at what point did he realize that he was fighting Aaron Donald? Was it before or after he got punched? Because apparently, mm-hmm. apparently he ended up with like a concussion. He got his eye punched shut. He lost his eyebrow. He got his arm broke. And I'm like, all that? From one see, punch? Uh, see, but I'm also thinking it, I, I, I'm feeling that Aaron Donald is pretty smart in understanding just that he's so strong and so big that like his arms could be considered a weapon. So, like, what pissed? What did this guy do to piss Aaron Donald off so much that he knocked him into oblivion? Honestly, I don't think he. I don't think he pissed him off that much. If Aaron Donald was really angry, look. Have you seen the video of Aaron Donald picking up Devontae Freeman, an NFL running back? Of course, he's on the shorter side. He's like five nine, like one ninety. He picked him up like he was a baby. And carried him like five yards. That man is ungodly strong. Now imagine taking a punch from that dude. I would be in the, not even in the morgue. He would punch me to Gainesville. He would punch me back to Gainesville. I get you, boop, and I'll be, ew. I'm going to end up in Ben Hill Stadium. He could punch people through walls the same way that Mr. Incredible threw his little boss through the wall in the beginning of the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Aaron Donald probably saw that guy and just launched him. And in his head, the guy that got punched went through like 10 walls in the process. So the last thing we're going to leave you off is we're going to leave you off with mascot combat. You know what time it is. I wish we had the light, the rights to licensing for the Mortal Kombat music, because right now you'd be hearing the bam, 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 but I don't think we can pay for that as a university press. Shout out to the FAU. But our final four. Let me go check my Twitter real quick to make sure I get the final four correct. But our final four for this first, the annual the beginning of mascot combat hopefully it'll go on for long after we leave but our final round let me see if i can all right our final four is 
the tree of Sanford. It beats Mr. Okra. Keggy the Keg absolutely stomped Wushlock. It was 100% of the vote went to Keggy the Keg. A first. That is a record. Then Owsley beat Speedy the Geoduck. So take with that what you will. And finally, the magical run of Seymour ended to Sammy the Banana Slug. Sammy the Banana Slug is in the final four of mascot combat. That's Richard's underdog. So what we're going to talk about first is (laughs) before we choose our favorites from the final four and who we think is going to win out of these four, we're going to start with something that was brought up to me by our friend of the show and host of the FAU Daily Podcast that's hosted by FAU Sports, John Stefano. Shout out to John. If mascot combat were a real thing, what would the mascot's finishing moves be? Essen, we'll start with you because your fan favorite uh, Stanford tree, as someone who's had a tree fall down on their house, I expect you to have the most knowledge on what a finishing move for the Stanford tree would look like. So you go ahead, take it away. What would be the finishing move? So I'm envisioning that the Stanford tree is going to use a, a combination of an RKO and your traditional tree falling methods where it's going to come out of nowhere. Like someone's going to yell timber, right? Like the, the tree is going to come out of nowhere. And then, yeah, the mascot's going to look up and there's going to be a giant tree falling while also the tree will be staring with those like, those nightmarish eyes looking into (laughs) the mascot's face like if that was the last thing that you saw before you go to oblivion that sucks that that you hate to see it i was thinking for the tree i was thinking more like it like grab you with its all with its tree branches and like toss you up in the air and like it get all its tree brethren, because you know the redwoods are in California. It get all its tree brethren to just whack you with branches, and you just getting stomped out by a bunch of trees. Richard, what what do you think? I, what do you think would be the finisher for uh, the Stanford tree? Yeah, iconic fatality would be the timber. <laughs> so we'll go with the timber. We'll go with Eston's timber. Timber. Now, for Keggy the Keg, I had a great idea. So y'all know uh, Voltron, right? <laughs> the Super Mecha. The keg stand of Keggy the Keg would morph into Voltron, but for Dartmouth, and it's a keg. And instead of shooting like laser beams or plasma beams, it would shoot malt liquor. <laughs> it would shoot... Oh, no. You know what? It would shoot White Claw. And it, not that regular White Claw. It'd be like the new, like, extra alcoholy White Claw. Or, or, or for the ultimate finisher, Everclear. Oh, oh, you trying to get... Or, or, or what they don't have Moonshine at Dartmouth, though. I, Dartmouth. I would say they're Moonshine, in, but they don't have They're that. in New Jersey, I think. They, they don't do Moonshine up there. Yeah, they, 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 they don't got Moonshine. Yeah, there. Hey, Southern. Since Keggy won 100% to zero, what would be its flawless victory kill? The flawless victory, I feel like it would like 
drowned people in like malt liquor, or like a forty ounce. It drowned them in a forty ounce. Like you know how people, you know how they waterboard people, but instead of water. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like Budweiser. <laughs> You're just drowning in a pool of like Heineken. <laughs> but I'm telling that, you, I'm telling you, dog, you have you have it turned into full trauma. <laughs> it shoots out college papers and money, but also shoots out Everclear or like the extra alcoholy white claw. That would be the most feared mascot of all time if it actually looked like. Maybe it's like all the five, all the Ivy League schools come together and, and make like a gigantic Megazord, like in Power Rangers. Where like maybe Harvard is the head because they're the most known. And then like Yale and Princeton are the arms. And then you got Brown and then Dartmouth as the legs. Because they like, <laughs> they're not as no, well known. You know, that's actually a pretty good idea. Ivy League Megazord, but all they would do is shoot out student debt. And it sounds like the college experience. And occasionally, like Dartmouth would shoot, uh, <laughs> shoot Bud Light from his feet. <laughs> you know what? You know Jesus can turn water into wine. Keg the keg can turn water into beer. <laughs> And on the third day, Keggy the Keg rose up. But it was on a Saturday afternoon, and Dartmouth was losing 48 nothing to Yale. <laughs> and they said, on this day, ye shall be blessed <laughs> with white claw to drown the sorrows of losing. <laughs> let, the, let Dartmouth say amen. <laughs> you get people like praise praise keggy oh hail keggy <laughs> thank god for the resurrection <laughs> keggy take the stage <laughs> Oh my god. They let us have too much fun on this show, man. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Moving on, we got Owsley from FAU. Now, this is an interesting one because Owsley is like an actual like thing. Like it's an actual, like it's not a live owl, but Owsley is supposed to be an owl. So Richard, we'll start with you. What would Owsley finishing move be? I think it would be a literal death stare since owls like to have their eyes wide open they could be pretty much be staring at you but instead of just a normal death stare it's a literal death stare it just stares at you and dies and you die that's once it stares at you that's that's like that statue they have of owlsley outside the wreck if you stare at it for too long you get messed you get hypnotized (laughs) Let's see, what would Owsley's be? Oh, gosh. I'm thinking, you know, he uses the wings as, like, razors. And, like, he puts them together 
and like he has a beak and he just starts turning so it's like a drill <laughs> and just wham straight through it's like a mortal combat or like maybe he like uses it to like decapitate people where he's like <laughs> but I don't think Alzi's that hard though Alzi's not that tough so I'm thinking it'd just be like death by a thousand pecks <laughs> Ray's just pecking you into oblivion Esten, what do you think uh, Owsley's finish would be? I think the the death stare, I, I feel like that's what Owsley would go for. It, he probably gets somewhere up high, you know, and his target would be looking up, and then Owsley would just be like... <laughs> I feel and, like, you know... And, and then that's, it's just, it's just game over. You know, we're 1.8 miles from the beach. I kind of feel like Owsley would just, like, toss people into the ocean <laughs> or maybe like he would beat them up so bad they end up like going to like Nordstrom Rack that's what Barnes and no- that's what Boca Raton's known for being by the beach and Nordstrom I ain't heard nobody else talk about FAU or Boca Raton outside of being from the beach oh he could take the lane train and run somebody over with the lane train <laughs> he commit vehicular assault <laughs> which apparently <laughs> Which apparently is a thing, like on Boca campus. Vehicular assault is a thing, dating back to like 2013. The Howard War Zone. Oh my gosh, the Howard War Zone. (laughs) Owsley probably has one of the more versatile fatality uh, to his, what I'm looking for. Um, To To his arsenal. He has a lot of finishers or fatalities you know awesome. yes yeah he, he's versatile so he has plenty he could come up with and now for <laughs> our final one we got sammy the banana slug now i'm thinking um let me do some research real quick uh essen all right richard this is your underdog richard you can go with what you think the finish for sammy the banana slug would be i believe when it comes to sammy um I, he could be referred to as a possible poison type or his ears are like antennas. Like he could pretty much call out, have a call out to every one of his species, band together, and just take out their opponent. So I'm thinking it's kind of something like Gengar. You know the uh, Pokemon Gengar, where like if you <laughs> touch it, the slime or the ooze, the ooze like scientifically is supposed to numb your tongue or numb you if you get some of the slime on you. So maybe like they get so numb, they like start hallucinating. And you think you're like in Santa Cruz surfing with this beach bro. That's a banana slug. They're like, surf's up, dude. And then like throws you into like a wildfire. <laughs> so wait, so so Sammy just drugs you? Is that what happens? <laughs> oh no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, was was that too much? <laughs> oh no what have we done did, did my life oh, no. drug dealer? Did my lack of filter just well it is, it is it is california so like maybe <laughs> I mean, you know you know i i could see it but like out of all of these i feel like jesus <laughs> aka keggy the keg rising up on the third day is Voltron would like give all these hands 
Like, if I'm looking at it realistically, I think Keggy the Keg is going to win mascot combat. Like, <laughs> I thought he's overwhelmed. But what if... But what if Sammy's the type that, because he's a slug, right? What if he gets you from the inside? So, he'll like, like, really crawl in there, you know, just kind of take care of, like, your intestines and everything like that, and just, you're done. Like, again... How, how are you supposed – like, how's your body going to react when you're getting taken away from the inside? You can't really win. Well, let's see. Does alcohol – Does alcohol kill slugs? Does, does what? Um, so, apparently, um, slugs are attracted to beer. So, like, keg stand Jesus, keg the keg – is gonna like be like, and on the third day, you've invoked the wrath of Keggy the Keg and shoot him with Budweiser and say the dance. I'm like, yes, yeah. Thank you, Jesus the Keg. What if, what if Loki Sammy's like a day drinker, and 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 he's like, uh, you jokes get, on you. I'm you didn't even get the good stuff. Up. You didn't even get the good stuff. What is this? This Heineken? A week. You got the 5% White Claw, not the 8%. What are you, an Ivy League school? Yes. Just like, yes, it is. Man, you got to stop the cap right now. But like, let's, I did not know that. Slugs are attracted to beer. Huh. That's interesting. Learn something new. Yeah. The more you know. You know, this is you press play sports podcast, but also we talk about science, we talked about religion, mm-hmm. and we talked about uh, keg stands. So you get the whole bit here. We run the whole table. You know, this, this is perfect. This is absolutely great. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for this next this latest episode of you press play sports. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to. Follow us, like, subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars. You don't give us five stars. You're going to make us real mad. And we're going to send uh, Sammy the Banana Slug and Owsley to come jump you. Or if you're out in California, we're going to get Stanford Tree and his Redwoods to come and stomp you out. But don't make us do Or we're going to get Sammy to drug you. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to do that. We might do that too. Or we might go get Keg the Keg, uh, Priest. He's the Pope of Ivy League, apparently. Thank God for the resurrection, and he's gonna shoot you with beer until like you get drunk. I guess we'll work. We'll work out the kinks later. Uh, but give us uh, five, al- five alcohol stars. poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, give us five stars. Make sure like subscribe. Give us ideas for what you want us to talk about. We love we love talking about sports. We don't talk about sports a lot, but this is a sports podcast. Give us some ideas. We're going to turn it into something crazy either way. But that'll do it from, from Esten Parker, photo editor, Rich Pereira, sports editor, sports editor. I'm businessman Joseph Acosta, wishing you a great rest of your day. <laughs>